0: Welcome to The Self Starter Show. I'm your host, Steve Clare, and on this show, you're gonna be hearing from entrepreneurs. You're gonna hear about their wins that got them where they are, their losses and everything in between, as well as the advice that they have that helped them along the way. Along with bonus solo episodes of my personal secrets of life, success, and empathy sprinkled in for you, the listener. Like chapters of a great book, each episode will provide you with a bit of a cheat code, To success and happiness. Well, it's finally happened. After 20 plus years of working out and running, I finally found my favorite shoe ever. Yep, it's here. Two years ago, I swore off of Big Corp shoes. No Nike, no Adidas, no Reebok, no New Balance, no nothing. I just found this new small shoe brand out of Austin, Texas called Atreyu. That's A-T-R-E-Y-U dot com. Atreyu comes in five different models, three colorways per model, and it is by far the greatest shoe I've ever worked out in. Whether hitting the pavement or working out at the gym, Atreyu is the best shoe I've ever worn. You can go find them online. I will swear by them. And now, back to our show. All right, on today's episode we are here with Dr. Johnny Alexander. Dr. Johnny has a passion for working on the sidelines and in the locker room, truly enjoying the challenge of progressing individuals to a higher level of performance. He has had the honor of treating athletes of all levels of CrossFit, NFL, NHL, NCAA, Ironman, Jiu Jitsu, and MMA fighters, and thousands of weekend warriors. Pretty much everybody you can think of. Everybody you can think of. Been blessed. He was actually the team chiropractor for the Chesapeake Bayhawks, the Major League Lacrosse team. (laughs) MLL, baby, shout out. From 2014
1: to 2017, Major League League Lacrosse, has that been growing? Yeah, so um, I was lucky enough to uh, take a role when I moved to Baltimore. Um, I first actually started a private practice, and then I worked for Towson University. So Towson is uh, FBS. It's like the best of the small schools. Um, but we had like, I think the best season that they've ever had as a football program. The Towson. Tigers maybe. The yeah. football program. Yeah, okay. so I was on staff with them. I was traveling with the team. My first year there, uh, we went to the national championship. We lost to North Dakota State.
0: Wait, so you were the Cairo for the- For Towson University. For the Towson University yeah. for, for
1: football. Um, we went to the national championship my first year there uh and it's you know it's it's not alabama but it's the fbs it's the best of the small schools so we went to texas we had a national championship game um we got lit up by this young quarterback named carson wentz um i know that guy he was running around uh he looked good i mean i had a front row seat but um yeah it was it was fun and then from there um i was able to use some connections i got asked by an ll team the bayhawks they play at navy stadium in annapolis maryland which is just like a really Iconic building to be in um, blessed to be able to walk into the Navy locker room and set on my gear and uh, treat You know 20 30 pro lacrosse players before the game during halftime after the game got really close to a lot of those guys um, And then I was there for a few seasons. I think the MLL um, Is has disbanded now There's the PLL and look major league lacrosse is kind of taking a different direction But um, you know, I ended up moving back to New York anyway, so uh, it all kind of worked out amazing well,
0: I'm happy you're no longer working with the, the Bayhawks. Yeah, man, I'm here now. I'm happy you're done with the Bayhawks and have been done with the Bayhawks for over half a decade. Uh, we're here in your office. Warrior. That's my baby. Warrior Chiropractic Office, around 23rd, between 5th and 6th. Now, tell me about where we are. Sure. Because we'll go into the roots of how this came to be. Yeah. But where are we? How many people do you have working here? What
1: goes on on an everyday
0: basis? What are you doing right now?
1: sure so um you know warrior nyc is a uh is a true definition of a small business in the biggest city in the united states right so we have about 10 uh employees on staff here there's five chiropractors including myself we have physical therapy we have acupuncture we have a sports medicine doctor um we have some really good trainers that come through here i mean i'm trying to create this mecca of wellness and health but really with a fitness spin because i think that the medical stuff is you know on one end and then there's like CrossFit, high intensity, exercising on the other end. Um, and we're kind of in the middle, right? Like we'd like to see people from both worlds. And
0: I've noticed you've dove into different communities. Like yep. you have uh, in in the fitness space and the, and the athlete space, uh, you have athletes, but then you have a lot of people who are very much, when you say weekend warriors, that means people who...
1: Yeah, I mean, when I was trying to figure out what to call the company, um, One of my patients at the time worked in advertising and marketing. She was like, you know, who's your ideal client? And I was like, it's the Weekend Warriors in New York City. It's these people that just never quit. They go, go, go. Um, They don't always make time to take care of themselves. So we end up taking care of them, Mm. which I mean, that's my personality. I know that's your personality too. That's the people that I want to work with every day. Those are the people that I want to surround myself with. So, you know, Warrior is just a, it's a mantra for just kind of like doing whatever you have to do to get it done. And I think that's the way we operate here is when patients come in, it's kind of a full assessment of not just like their injury, but, you know, their goals, uh, their lifestyle, you know, where they really want to be in a couple of years. And we try to break things down for them so that it's not just about feeling better and, you know, running faster. It's about really trying whatever you want to do without this fear of injury. And also, you know, if things do go wrong, because that's life we're there to hold your hand. Like we're an ally for these people that are really going, you know, a million miles an hour and, uh, what better place to do it than New York city where the best of the best come to operate at that level.
0: And I, to be honest, I've known you for a long time and I always thought warrior chiropractic was stemmed from the co- the company warrior, which is a lacrosse company.
1: You know, it's funny. It was a completely, uh, just <sighs> coincidental and random. Up until
0: right now. I thought that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, it, it's funny, um, I also have like a, a Spartan tel- helmet tattooed on my chest that I got uh, several years ago while I was living in Baltimore uh, as like a memorial for a friend who passed away. And it was kind of an inside joke between him and I, and you know, I ended up moving back to New York City and starting this company a couple of years later. And it's funny cause you know, some of my friends are sipping my shirt off or you know, they'll think that I got this like logo tattooed on my chest and I was like, man, like it all kind of just ended up coming full circle. It, it's kind of weird how things happen.
0: That's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you end up as a chiropractor? Uh, you're what, 36 years old, yep. 36, 36 years six, old. Yeah. So let's go back almost 20 years ago.
1: Okay. So I it? grew up in Jersey. Um, I went to school for forensics, actually. I wanted to do like the CSI stuff you see on TV. What school in Jersey? Uh, Montpell High School, born and raised mm-hmm. uh, about 45 minutes west of New York City. Um, it's funny because my, I was just talking to my father on the way over here and you know, today's 9 11 and my father was supposed to be in the world trade center that day. Uh, just happened to have a meeting in Jersey city across the way at exchange place. So, you know, I'm, I'm from here. My, you know, my, my dad, um, was, you know, a bank guy and, you know, worked downtown. So like, I really grew up like in that in New York city and was blessed to grow up like 30, 40 minutes away from here and just have it in my backyard. So went to school in Jersey, uh, went to Sacred Heart, shout out to Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. And, uh, I started out as a forensics major cause I thought the crime scene stuff that you see on TV was going to be like this badass career. And I got into it and, uh, man, it sucked. It was like the most dry curriculum. There was organic chemistry paired with like pre-law classes. I absolutely hated it. So I did it for a year and, uh, I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of this. Like I'm miserable. So, I had one of those meetings with like a career counselor like you know those like coming of jesus like what do you want to yeah. do in your life I had absolutely no fucking clue until and, like a death. 19 18 yeah like old. and and she was like you know okay like let's go over what are you good at you're really good at science like what are your passions like working out health fitness sports so i was like okay maybe we'll do athletic training and then i looked into that and there really wasn't like a ton of money in it unless you're really good and you know you're you're with a team, but even then the hours are crazy. So then I thought I was gonna do pre-med, so I switched to kind of like biology and, and uh, pre-physiology, you know physiology, pre-physical therapy. Went through my classes as, as, as that major, and then my senior year, uh, second semester, I'm applying to PT school. I'm all set, I'm ready to go to physical therapy school, be a doctor of PT. And I'm sitting at a red light, I got a 12 pack of beer on the, on the uh, passenger seat, dead sober, on the way to the party and i'm waiting for the light to turn you know green and all of a sudden i look up and there's these bright white headlights like blinding me so i took my foot off the brake and i got slammed into from behind at the red light this guy was texting and i guess just didn't see me sitting there didn't even see the red light and we went through the light together then i got hit by something else so car was totaled Uh, i was lucky enough to walk away out of there you know relatively injury-free. But next day I had numbness in my hand, my neck was uh, an absolute trash. And uh, so went to the hospital, got the MRI, they were like, you have a disc issue, you know, herniation, whatever. So I started going through the physical therapy route and, you know, I got better. I thought I was better. I went back to working out and my hand went numb like right away. So I was always a meathead. Like for me, that was the most depressing feeling because, you know, I'm young, I'm 21 and working out is like my stress relief and my favorite thing to do every day. And I'm like, man, like, is this how it's gonna be for the rest of my life? Like I have to live with this like injury? Like I have to just completely, you know, your, your mind goes like everywhere. Yeah. So the options are, you know, what do you do? You go back to PT, you go back to the hospital, you, you know, so. What happened with the guy who hit you? Um, he was fine. His uh, Yukon GMC truck destroyed my Honda Civic. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, my car looked like an accordion. I was just lucky to, you know, I got out of there. And I was like, I think the adrenaline just was crazy. So I, uh, I ended up just by chance and desperation finding a chiropractor in New Jersey that my dad knew personally. And uh, we went and like two or three visits and like numbness was gone, neck felt better. And I went back to school and I was like,
0: you know, what is this
1: like chiropractic thing? Like, what is the difference? I had no clue. So, what, what was your impression
0: of chiropractors at that point?
1: You know, people with like, like I, think, I picture like old men with back pain, like mm-hmm. debilitating back pain and just like this really boring, um, you know, back treatment only type setting. I thought like chiropractors just treat spine stuff and primarily like older people with like really serious issues. Yeah. Physical therapy was like my background. I thought that that was more for like the athletes and the sports people. So I started doing my own research and I was like, okay, if I wanna do chiropractic instead, can I do it and also specialize in sports medicine? Instead of? Instead of PT. Gotcha. Because in my mind, you know, chiropractic was back and spine and like that was it. Which it is, but. Mostly, right? And then PT, you think of more like athletic injuries and people that are rehabbing stuff like ankle sprains, Mm. knee pain, shoulder pain. So what I found was that there are chiropractors who were doing what I wanted to do But very few of them and very very few good ones. So I went and contacted a few of them I shadowed them I spent some time in their office and I was like I have a really cool opportunity here because I mean this was like 15 years ago So I feel like right now I know I'm one of the you know pioneers in this game of chiropractic and sports medicine There's not a lot of people that are doing it the way that I want to do it and for me as a mentor now mentoring some of the younger people and like having people my field reach out to me, it feels really good because I know that for the last 12 years, I've been changing the game. And you know, when I'm done with it, it's not gonna look the same. Chiropractic in general, you know, is, 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 uh, is changing. But you know, I like to think that when people think of like sports chiropractors and chiropractors that are in the gym with you and working with high-level athletes, like Johnny Alexander is gonna be one of the names that comes to mind.
0: Amazing, so life-changing moment. You just, you finally have that. You didn't have to sit down with a a guidance counselor and figure out what you want to do with your life. That kind of like started the wheels turning in your head. Then you have this life changing moment. You kind of see what you want to be doing. You see how this guy changed your life. Yeah. When did you decide you wanted to go back to school? It was, uh, you know, it was. And how did you end up? When did you decide you want to go back to school? where did you end up so the
1: timing of it was absolutely I i don't know if you believe in fate but like
0: for me i only believe in fate. 100
1: it was just meant to be i the accident was in april i was um scheduled to graduate like four weeks later i was not even done with college yet i had been applying to physical therapy programs and getting in and i had like one month to do it so i started applying to chiropractic school also and i remember it was like two weeks before my graduation everybody kind of was ready to graduate college partying like knowing what they're about to do with their lives and i was like every morning like waking up like trying to figure out like do I want to be a chiropractor i want to be a a pt like where am i going to go to school what am i doing and i'll never forget that new york chiropractic college nycc where i ended up going for my grad program called me and they basically were like hey look like we really want you to be in this class for september um we're saving your seat but we can only save it for like a few more days. Otherwise we have to offer it to somebody who kind of is after you on the admissions list. And I was like, I think I got to do it. So I luckily didn't have to even change paths. I didn't have to take another class. I didn't do anything other than just like make that decision at the last minute. And then, uh, yeah, I spent the entire summer just like getting ready to go researching chiropractic, looking at some of the stuff in physical therapy that I wasn't happy with, that I didn't want to do and make sure that when I got to chiro school, I knew that I was gonna like have this different blend of treatment style, and uh, yeah, man, the rest is history. And twelve years later, here we are. So,
0: when you get to chiropractic school now, four months later, what did everyone else look like? So, you, yeah, someone who's an Same athlete, different. you work out, yeah. you know, five six days a week at least. What did everybody else in your class look like?
1: You know, um, when I got to chiropractic school, it was such an eye opening experience because, you know, I came from college, right? I was friends with the athletes live with baseball guys. Um, I was the president of my frat. Like, you know, I had a good time. I get to Cairo school thinking like, oh, this is going to be like college again, right? Like four more years of like, you know, studying and like having a good time and working out and I get there and like class is really small. Everyone's like really serious. Um, most people there had figured out that they were going to be a chiropractor way before
0: that. Could anybody in the room lift more than you?
1: A couple guys, yeah. I, I okay. can shout some of them out. But, you know, there was a small group of like, former athletes, athletic people that I just immediately kind of found and that was my click for three years. But most of the people in that room had been, you know, their dad was a chiropractor, mom was a chiropractor. They grew up going to a chiropractor. Uh, They had been interested in it. Some of them worked at a chiropractor. office. So like there was even people in my class who like knew how to do chiropractic adjustments before we even learned how to do Uh it, like a year. So it was a little intimidating. Also, you know, my doctoral program, you know, um, people make jokes like, chiropractics like not med school, it's fake med school. You're a fake doctor. It was really tough. Like the curriculum I went through um, was basically the same as any medical school. I mean, the, the the bio and the science and the organic chemistry and the neuroscience and the anatomy, like you're doing all the same stuff as MD students for the first two and a half, three years. Mm. And then the difference is that MDs will, will do like a fellowship where they specialize and they go to residency and they'll work in a cardiac unit for three years if they're gonna be a heart doctor, you know, for chiros, you're doing all the same core curriculum, but then you just go to a clinical and become a chiropractor. So there's a little bit less education, but not on the science side. It's really on the specialization side. So um, I was, you know, I felt like I was going through med school. I mean, you studied every day, start to close. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was lucky if I like got out once a month. It was not, it was not fun at all. Chiropractor school um, was, you know, unbearable at times, but you know, you just get through it. Where I mean, were you knows.
0: living when you were at chiropractic school and what was your life like?
1: Uh, I actually cried. I mean, I am not enough to admit that. I cried the first weekend I was there because, you know, I'm kind of a city guy. Like, I grew up spoiled with New York City in my backyard, New Jersey, suburbia, but, like, a million things to do, places to go, good-looking people, fun people. You know, I, I moved to the Finger Lakes, which is uh, a four- to five-hour drive straight north. And the entire ride there, all you see is cows and farms, and, like, it is, like, no man's land and you get there and it starts snowing like early on like october and november and the winters there are brutal i mean there's a few hours of sunlight in the middle of the day but you wake up and you go to class and it's pitch black and there's ice on the ground um and then the end of the day you you get out of class it's already dark out i mean i was like seasonally depressed three years around so i just kept telling myself like you got to get through this and um you know no offense people from upstate new york i'm sure if you grew up there it's like a lovely place and the summers are Absolutely, you know, amazing there. Like the the water's blue and it's clean uh-huh. and no humidity. But like for me being a city guy, I was like way out of my element.
0: Was there ever a moment where you were like, you know what, fuck this?
1: I there was a chiropractic school in Florida, mm. Daytona Beach, that I had also been i <laughs> I kept telling myself, I'm going to transfer to Daytona Beach, uh, you know, like next semester. And I just kept saying that. And my, you know, the truth of it is, like, I didn't really have a life. Like I was studying anyway, so. I was there for the right reasons and I felt like I just needed to see it through. Um, you know, I'm sure I would have had a great time in Daytona beach, but you know, uh, I was able to study really hard, make Dean's list, you know, most of my time there. And, uh, you know, I think that that was really a really a moment for me where I had to grow up. Like I really had to put my priorities in place and I was like, you know what, if you want to be the best at what you do, you just, you just have to endure things and you know, going to Daytona beach uh, is not you know going to help you be a better chiropractor
0: so while you're transitioning to wanting to be a chiropractor you're starting school where does your family play in terms of support leading you into your yeah life your profession
1: i mean my family's always been supportive of me um i feel blessed to have two parents that you know have been together since i was born um both really big parts of my life you know like i would i would say that like my dad's like my best friend and my mom is somebody that like we we, we clash a lot because we are the same but like all of my drive like she really instilled that to me at a young age and just anything that I was gonna do, like they always just made sure that I did it. Do
0: you remember when you 200%? came home and you said, and you, you decided in your head, I want to be a chiropractor. Do you yeah. remember what your mom said to you?
1: Yeah, my mom, I, I mean, my mom was like stingy Italian from Jersey right? She was like, you know, oh, you're gonna take out more loans. Like you just, you're gonna finish <laughs> college and then you're gonna like double your, you know, so that was the first reaction was like, maybe you should get a job, work a little bit and then go did back she to school. Did you have an accent at all? Oh, yeah. My mom's like, uh, one what, of like, like, what does it sound like? Ah, she's like, uh, you know, she's like, oh, Gumbaya. Like, she, you know, she's she's <laughs> one of those, like, I don't know, like really stereotypical Italian moms from Jersey. It. She's not one of the obnoxious, like, soprano ladies, like, but she's, uh, you know, she grew up, like, where where you would see that show filmed. Um, like,
0: Johnny, when where are you gonna go get a, you go back to school, to pay more loans, get yeah, a job first? I
1: think the first reaction was just like a shock of, like, you're gonna go back to school, like and yeah. not make money. I just like you everyone waits till they like, graduate college because they're broke, and then they start working it off, and like that's what most people do. So I think that that was the initial reaction. But once that they saw I was really serious about it, like they were they were totally supportive of that. And uh, you know it's funny because growing up, like I wasn't like that good of a student. I was always just kind of like somebody who could do the bare minimum and get a B, and that was fine. Like I wanted to spend my time. Drawing and painting and playing sports and just doing activities. So I was able to get by without putting in a lot of work And I think that my parents knew that you know, like I was just underachieving and I really wasn't giving my energy to it And so when I went to college and I started getting better grades because I was taking classes Like exercise physiology that I was interested in getting A's and getting like competitive about it You know things that are
0: much more aligned with what you're interested
1: in. Yeah, and 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 that's the key, right? And then I get to chiropractic school and my, I'm taking twice as many credits a semester, the classes are really hard, and I'm on Dean's list, I'm an A student. So it's like, what went wrong, right? Like you're talking about somebody in high school could barely get a B. Now what went wrong, <laughs> what went right? Right, I think that that's, you know, when kids reach out to me and they're interested in the profession and they ask me a lot of questions, they say they're scared to kind of get into it because it does look like it's a tough curriculum and stuff. I'm like. You know, if you're if you're passionate about it, you're gonna eat it alive. Like you're just gonna yeah, do and it. if
0: you're not scared, then yeah. that's a problem. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You should be, be scared because
1: it, you know, it is a profession. We do want to weed out the bad ones, right? Yeah. So I'm happy it was. I'm I'm happy I busted my ass. I'm like, I don't know if I could do it again, but uh, now that I'm on the other side of it, yeah, I wish it was harder. Like it, it should be. Like it should be really, really tough to do what we do because we are blessed to work with some of the best patients in the world.
0: So you graduate, you go from five hours north. Of New York, New Jersey to now five hours south yep. of New
1: York, New Jersey. Tell tell me about that. So going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, about fate. Well, when I was becoming a chiropractor and I knew that I wanted to work in sports mm-hmm. and treat athletes, there is not there was not a lot of mentors who were doing that and people that I could look at and say, that's who I want to be in five years. So uh, the options were limited. And I was just deciding on, you know, the fact that I wanted to be working underneath the best of the best. I didn't care where the job was. You know, I I was looking all over the country and there was a really good chiropractic team in Baltimore that was treating guys on the Ravens, the Orioles, Towson, Loyola, Hopkins. So, you know, I, I didn't really plan on moving to Baltimore. It's not like I woke up one day and was like, I can't wait to live in Baltimore, Maryland, you know, but I found this opportunity there and I was like, I have to do it. And I went there for four years and made some of the best friends of my life. I love Baltimore. But for me, like New York city was always calling me home. Like I just knew that eventually, like when I started my own thing, it was going to have to be here or nowhere. Um, and so people told me I was insane. Like, do you know how expensive New York city is? Do you know how many chiropractors work in New York city? Do you know how hard it is to run a business in New York city? And I was like, yeah, I know. But like, I've never taken the easy route. Like I I want that. I want to, I want to go up against the best and, and win.
0: So Warrior Chiropractic was a New Yorker nowhere mindset. For
1: sure, yeah. There was nowhere else that this was gonna happen um, and I was gonna be happy.
0: You moved back to New York. You start out working on 19th and 5th. Yep. What was the name of the facility? NYPT. How'd you end up at NYPT? I,
1: uh, there was a guy I went to school with back at NYCC who was a year ahead of me and he had been working in New York City. So when I was looking to relocate back here, I um, was kind of looking for jobs and I was just kind of reaching out to people, seeing if anyone was hiring. Mainly in your network or kind yeah, of just like yeah, on a I message just, um, board? How does that work? That, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I knew I wanted to start my own thing, but I couldn't just move back here and hang up a sign of and course. have patience because nobody knew who I was. You have to build that reputation up. It's also not smart it's also i mean, right. think about looking back thank god you didn't do that right like how long does it take to like get the reputation and get yeah. busy and meet the right people years so i was deciding on the fact that i was going to work for somebody else and hope that it grew into something bigger and if it didn't i would just start my own thing um so he reached out to me and was like hey you know what? there's a pt that i know uh who would bring in a chiropractor if you're willing so you know i, I came and met him and i was like you know what like at least I to have some freedom. Like, he seemed like a pretty, you know, chill boss, and he seemed like he understood that I was good and that he was. Practice
0: like, had good, great reviews. Yeah. It was a great space. Yeah. The location was great. Yeah. Uh, was there any negatives about going to yeah. work there? Yeah, I mean, so,
1: you know, I was the only chiropractor there. I was working for. That sounds awesome. For physical therapy uh, group, which, yeah, it was great yeah. in the beginning. Um, it just uh, it came down to two things. You know, number one, financial stuff. Like, I was crushing it for them. And not really seeing much of it on the back end.
0: Is that common for someone who's as fresh out of school?
1: Oh yeah, but that's the thing is I was four years out and I had a really good reputation and I knew I was good. So I just immediately was like, I need to be making more money. Um, but you don't just say I want more money, you gotta prove it. So I, I stayed there for a year and I just was like, you know, here's the books, here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm bringing in, everybody's here to see me. Um, and then it hit me, I was like, everyone's here to see me. Why? Why? Why waste another day doing it for somebody else? um and so i approached them and i said listen you know i really want to start my own thing um i'm happy to kind of stay on here part-time and help you guys transition me out or hire a new chiropractor so um that's what we did and uh yeah i started warrior as like a side hustle and it was one day a week on my day off i would go down the east village treat people and then run back to the office up here uh i did that for about a month and i was like the hell am I doing? Yep. And then I just I just went and that was it.
0: Moved the entire practice yep. to like a 400 square foot a small cozy if, if East
1: village, Tompkins Square Park. Um, yep, between 10th and A. And uh yeah, I started there. I, you know, I really started building a brand. How much and, was rent while you were there? Uh I split the space with my friend who's a physical therapist. Yep. So I think our combined rent was like three or four K a month, or maybe like three or something. So um what utilities and everything I was thinking about, let's pay about two K a month. Um and that was in twenty eighteen. Yep. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. And so I was there for two years and uh I felt like crushing it. I was like, Yeah, I mean you that's when I met you, right? Yeah. We were doing it and I uh, met you before that. Yeah. I, I remember
0: me, I met you at NYPT. Yeah, I met you at NYPT and then you moved down there and then you're like, you know what, I have this four hundred square foot space, I'm crushing it. I'm literally working from eight AM to eight PM. Yeah. I need more space yeah let's start looking at more So we started looking at bigger spaces
1: yeah you and i i remember we spent like most of the end of 2019 running around the city looking at different offices and
0: so opportunities you find the new space mm-hmm. in this amazing location i mean first i think we uh we were almost going to move on that space on 27th and broadway, broadway thank yep. god you didn't take that space because right now you're on 23rd between fifth and sixth what mean, was the what was the build like here yeah and actually Let's rewind. Do you remember how
1: that happened? That was that was another thing for me. It was fate. Was you know, we finally found this space that I decided was going to be mine. And we Dance were Dance Body? Uh yeah. yeah. And we were we were working out the deal. And um again, you never forget things like this, but it was March 15th, oh. 2020. Uh they handed me the lease and <laughs> I was days away from signing it. And the landlord just wouldn't budge. He wouldn't give me free rent. He wouldn't oh, give yeah, me yeah. time to build out. I mean, we were. Da- I was. Da- I had the lease. I was days away from signing it, and we were just that one last thing. I was like, you know, give me one more month of free rent or a couple thousand dollars here. We
0: were literally ninety nine percent of the way. About I had, to had the sign. pen and
1: paper. It was on my desk. I was ready to sign it. And you were like, well, you know, so we were. We weren't stalling, but we were like very eager to make a deal happen. Yeah, and
0: I remember their broker was very non communicative. Yeah. And I remember reaching out directly to the owner because yep. their broker yep. was not communicating. Seems like that was crazy. Remember, yeah. Oh, now I'm remembering. Yeah. They, uh, they wouldn't. That's funny. I like came yeah. on set today and had didn't even think about that. Yeah. You and, and I were how, like per, but how perfect timing it was that he wasn't communicating. And then the owner tells him, I have him hitting me up. What are you doing? Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that
1: conversation we had yesterday. And I remember the date because it was the Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, of that week and that Saturday or Sunday was St. Patrick's Day, the 17th. And I remember because COVID- 2020. COVID was like not a thing yet, but it was becoming a thing, especially in New York City and uh, San France. Day
0: by day, it was, like, yeah. it, it
1: was like creeping up. And I remember, you know, about to sign this lease and just commit to this office space. And uh, I'll never forget it because that weekend the bars in New York City started shutting down because of COVID. Like they didn't want St. Paddy's Day parties. So my friends in new york city were going out to long island and new jersey to party for saint patty's day because that's where things were open but that's how early on we were in COVID. like there wasn't even this real scare yet and i was like "Ooh, maybe i'll just wait till next week to sign this lease because like i don't know what's happening like the coffee shop next to my office just basically closed their doors and said no one come here so i was like i can't sign a lease right now like what's what's about to happen it it was that close it was like march 15th or 14th and the next week, like the entire world shuts down and New York City is a ghost town. I'm here by myself, my patients are gone, the office is closed. And then I was like, oh, I can't sign the lease now. And I remember they were then following up like, yeah. so are we gonna sign? Yeah, they, gonna they were like, this is, there is a stay at home order. I'll never forget the owner there called me and he was like, you know, construction is considered essential. So right yeah. now, if you want to sign and do your build out while everything else is closed, cause nobody else is working. And I still was considering it. I was like, well, that's actually yep. that makes sense, right? Like when we open up again, my yeah. office will be gone, <laughs> this beautiful space. I was thinking like, you know what, like maybe like a month or two without people coming in would be the ideal time to do it. But we didn't up. know what the timing was gonna be like. God, we were dude, like I mean nobody did, right? But if you and I knew Oh, dude, I we remember this for years, we would be billionaires. Like,
0: I remember I looked to uh, to get TMB masks made. Yep. And just cause like, oh, it's gonna be about two months. Yeah. Like, cause you know, I'm all about fucking branding. And I looked and it was like, oh, the masks, are gonna, the masks are gonna, are gonna take about 90 days to get here. Yeah. 70 to 90 days. I do the math. I'm like, May, June, July, ah, oh, I'm not gonna get it till like the end of the summer. We're gonna be, nobody's gonna be wearing masks by the end of the summer. Yeah. Little did we yeah. know. I mean, if it was you, like, went till the end of the following summer.
1: I mean, how could we know? Like, obviously, you know, we were living day by day, yeah. like news update by news update. I mean, that was probably like one of the hardest times in my life, but like weirdly, like one of the best times. Like I just, you know, I remember running around New York city, nothing was open. There was, I mean, I've got videos on my phone. There was nobody on the streets. Uh, I remember just, it was like, it was like Lord of the flies. It was like trying to figure out like who was still here, who had an apartment we could hang out. Like people were like, you know, not willing to gather. So you had to be like cool with one person. And then it was like, did you hang out with somebody yesterday? like? It was like a really weird, like, don't ask, don't tell thing. And I remember going up to Times Square on a city bike. uh, And I was like, I got to see like Times Square. And I have videos on my phone. There's nobody in Times Square. I mean, I don't know if anybody will ever see Times Square that empty as I did. Uh, And I remember thinking like, what a cool opportunity to get a photo. There wasn't even somebody there to take my picture. I have selfies on my phone because I could not find somebody on the street in Times Square New York City to take a photo of me. That's... That's, I mean, unreal to believe, right? I mean, think about what Times Square looks like now and always, I couldn't find one person. There was police officers that were in their cars with the windows rolled up, didn't wanna be bothered. And there was uh, a few crackheads, you know, that I was like, maybe I'm not gonna ask them for a photo op, but that was it. It was just me, the crackheads, and NYPD.
0: So how did, how did COVID, whether positive or negative, how did COVID affect your business?
1: Ah, uh, I mean, look, we were lucky to survive COVID. Um, what I do is an in-person thing. It's very hard to adopt to a mobile lifestyle. You,
0: you, can you do your job? Have you ever done your job without touching somebody?
1: <sighs> I tried. Uh, I mean, we did like virtual, you know, stuff where I was working with people's exercises and, you know, it was more like personal training. Kind of like on uh,
0: Zoom, like, kind yeah, of like giving yeah, people yeah, like PT instructions?
1: Yeah, like we were going over their exercises and they were telling me about like the crazy workouts at home they were doing and just, you know, we were trying to invent ways for them to like work out without equipment, um, but it was really stressful. I mean, I lost about 50 to 75% of my patients uh, in 2020 because everybody just left New York and there was people that never came back. Um, there were patients that I had been treating for two, three years that were coming in every week that I haven't seen since um, that just left. And I understand like people were were over it, you know, and. New York got hit right away and the hardest, and it took the longest to come back. So I think a lot of people gave up on New York city. They they went to somewhere else with more space and outdoor, you know, I get it. So uh, for me as a business owner, it was devastating, but the, um, the fire inside of me, I just, you know, I was thinking, okay, like we're gonna survive. We're gonna endure, you know, thank God I had two years under my belt of seeing people and making money and stuff, you know, and, and thank God I didn't sign that office lease because I would have been in for like thousands of dollars a month while nobody was there. So in a weird way, like it all worked out. Um, I think it was God testing me, you know, how bad do you want to do this? You know, like, are you you willing to commit the way that you said you are? And uh, I spent that year just really focusing on, you know, what I was going to do that day. Waking up every day, pretending like, you know, things weren't going crazy, you know, not watching too much of the news. I I would get up, I would have my routine, I would go work out, I would go for my run, I would pick a new place in the city that I want to explore that I'd never seen before and I'd run there. Um, and sit and take photos because it, it was a ghost town. I, I ran down Fifth Avenue in the middle of the L ones uh, for two miles because I just was like, what am I gonna do with my life, you know? Uh, I went to Brooklyn and to Astoria and you know places that I haven't been really back since because like during that time, it was just so easy to get around. Like it was it was like every day, it was just kind of like a, what are we gonna do? But I felt very, very, you know, committed to putting in positive hours every day, whether it was connecting with an old friend, you know, playing poker on Zoom with some guys. Um, I mean, we, you know, we we survived, but yeah, I remember trying to find like groceries sometimes and like where could I go? And like there was I remember in the East Village, I was trying to find like a coffee shop that would just give me like a hot coffee just because I was bored and wanted to like go get a hot coffee. And I I, there was, I tried like eight places before I found one that was open. They had like a little window and like, you know, stuck the coffee outside. Um, but again, like I mean, I hope to God, like not, I hope we never see that again.
0: But no, we, will. Um, we it, It'll never get that catastrophic. Yeah, you'd hope so, right? But I mean,
1: for me, I, I think that was just a, uh, a oddly, you know, pivotal time in my life. And at the end of that year, I found this space, we moved in, and I was ready to go. Like, I've never been more hungry.
0: How long was the ramp up for this space?
1: Signed in January, build-out started Valentine's Day, and we opened April 1st. So it was about two, three months uh, of just, like getting this space ready to go we moved in and then um yeah you know, i think the first year here really was a lot of like growing pains and things that we needed to uh, change you know I mean, new emr new service new staff um you know we had some turnover in the beginning like i, I think it was just it took a year to really work out the kinks but uh i mean i think since since really the beginning of 2022 i mean i think we've been We've been a machine and...
0: Um, 100%. So you have an amazing staff. You have... I mean, when I come here, I go see Alex. Yeah. Thanks. I love Alex. He's great. I, I love Alex. Yeah. And he he's the one who works on me now. Yep. Uh, so it's the people that are in the house that keep people coming in. Yeah. But getting them in the door first is a matter of them wanting to come work with Dr. Johnny. Now yep. let's rewind. Yep. Pre-COVID, uh, you... Not just from your great branding, but you put your your name on the map from being on a TV show. Oh yeah. So, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say you yeah. get you got a, a lot of notoriety. You got in you got in front of millions of millions of people because yeah. you made it to the finals on
1: uh, Temptation Island. Temptation Island. Yeah. Was... The original
0: reboot. Yep. Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: You know, I. Um... <laughs> Tell us about Temptation Island yeah.
0: and what it did for your business. <sighs>
1: It was a weird. It was kind of like this double-edged sword. Um, when I got recruited for Temptation Island, I didn't really understand what I was getting into. Thought it was a really cool opportunity. You know, they asked me if I to go to L.A., go to a casting process, meet some people. I was like, sure. Um, free trip to L.A. Went, had a great time. You know, didn't really understand like the workings of like television, but I was like, why not? Like, see where this goes. And then they <laughs> called me the next day, and they're like, hey, we want to send you to Hawaii. Uh, in two weeks, like, I was like, oh, I gotta get in shape. Like I have two weeks, right? Like, I can't like start my diet now. Um, but you know, I was like, why not? You know, I, I had, at that point I had told the guy I was working for that I was about to go out on my own. So it was weird because the timing, like, I I don't know if I could have done it if Warrior was, my, I would have had to shut my business down for mm-hmm. a month and not make any money. Like, I don't know if that's, but because I was like kind of transitioning out uh, I just did it, and I was like, you know what? When in my life am I gonna be able to do this opportunity? Right. Well,
0: it was also great that you had already started the Warrior brand. Yep. Because you kind of on social media had, yep. had started yep. to embody Warrior, Chi- Dr. John yeah. Warrior Cairo.
1: I knew where I was going with it, and I knew like my my one year plan, my five year plan. Um, but yeah, I got on Temptation Island, and I met some really great people. Got to date this girl for a little bit, and. Some really cool experiences, you know, in Maui, it's absolutely gorgeous. Hawaii is like probably one of the most beautiful places on earth. And, uh, you know, I just kind of took it for what it was. Afterwards, you know, I came back to New York City, couldn't talk about it. Well, how so, was it being able to communicate while you were on the island? <laughs> what communication? They, uh, The plane lands and somebody picks you up in a Sprinter van and, you know, they bring you to a hotel, they put you in a hotel room. Are you
0: landing, are you on the plane by yourself? Yeah. Or are there other people? Not,
1: well, there were people on the plane, but I didn't know them. Got so it. I flew to San Francisco and then I had a layover and I waited there and I got a plane from San Fran to Maui. So there was two other guys on my plane from San Fran to Maui that were going to do the show with me, but we didn't know each other. Yeah. And they didn't know, So it wasn't until I got in the van, I jump in the van and there's another guy sitting there and he's like, uh, and it's Val. He's like, Hey, I'm Val. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Cause the New York guys, they flew on the same flight. And uh, there's another guy that gets in the van. So, I mean, we were all just sitting in this like big, like, it's so one of those like, Kid kidnapping vans, like those big white vans. But like, don't, you know, we're like <laughs> I'm picturing
0: van. you and Val. Yeah, he's in the van, and you getting in there. You looking at each other. You're like, Yeah, we're
1: in fucking Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, we're like, <laughs> What are we doing here? And uh, yes, you know, so we're getting to know each other. And then like another guy shows up, and then another guy. So we're like, How many guys are in this van? So eventually, they like bust like five of us to a hotel, put us in a room, and then you know, I'm thinking like, okay, like a couple days, like till we get things going. They knock on the door that night, they're like, we need your cell phone, your laptop, your smartwatch. I'm like, I just got here. They're like, yeah, 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 we're gonna take everything from you, and then you're, you know, we're gonna let you know when things are happening. I was like, what do you mean? Like I just I I not even say goodbye to people. Like I've like closed my email. Like I was like, what are you talking about? Like I'm I'm hearing and I'm, thinking I'm gonna walk around Hawaii the next day with like Instagram stories. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like take a tour New- And they're like, no, we need all your stuff right now. They searched my bag, they took like any like Anything that looks like an electronic, you know, um, if you are out like any prescription medication, like I take something to go to sleep at night, they're like, we're taking this and when you want it, you know, you will give you one pill at a time. I was like, what <laughs> is this? Like, I felt like I was in prison. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so you're living in a hotel room with these guys, you have no idea what time you're doing what. You don't even know what time of day it is. You're just like watching TV, then they bring you by the pool. Then... So you're just, I mean, it's a bonding experience. So you're there with these other guys that are all going through the same thing. And then after a couple days of that, they got everything ready. We moved into this mansion in uh beautiful hills of Hawaii, and it was twelve guys, all single guys, and four girls. And the four girls each had a boyfriend. So the idea of the show, which I didn't really understand the concept quite, like they said, Hey, you're gonna be a single guy and there's gonna be people there that are in relationships, and I'm just thinking like real world style, like, you know, like it's open dating. I don't know. The girlfriends were in the house with us, and their boyfriends were in another house with 12, like, very attractive girls. And the concept of the show is, like, see if you cheat on your yep. significant other. And then they show clips to your significant other, what you're doing in the house, to kind of fuel that fire. So, uh, yeah, it was a wild experience. But, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I would I would do it again. It was, it was, like, one of those things where, like, I don't regret it.
0: Maybe if they have the uh, Temptation <laughs> Island like the challenge yeah, like they do in mean, Real World.
1: Well. I feel like, you know, people will say, like, would you do reality TV again? But you made it to the finals. Yeah. I think that was just about the connection I have with it. It was them, fun. Yeah. It was fun. It was I mean, going to the watch parties. Yeah, yeah. When it was when it was airing. That? It was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, we did uh I mean that's the thing. Like if you know me, like my favorite thing to do is like get people together. So Yeah, and it's fun to like watch it and then like laugh about it in the future. Yeah. yeah I mean we're all you know, we had parties at sidebar. Remember we put up yep. like projector screen and put the episode on and everyone's just there like hanging out, drinking, talking, I mean, I don't even think we were really watching it. We were watching it, but it was, it was more about, you know, getting people together and like having fun.
0: So, TV show star, reality show star, you come back and now it's time to light some fire under Warrior Chiropractic. Yeah. What next?
1: Um, I mean, for so, me- So
0: what next? You go, yeah. you go to these village, but now what i mean by what next what did that do for your name okay. your, your twitter yeah. following your instagram following people wanting yeah. to come see you because now you work with athletes you work yeah. with celebrities who's the most famous person you've ever worked on
1: uh i they make me sign NDA, so I'm trying to think who what show were they on you know what the somebody really famous i truly who didn't make me sign NDA is uh noah schnapp who is kid from stranger things uh will a guy that gets yep. kidnapped he came here was super nice uh met him through a friend and he wanted to get adjusted and uh you know afterwards his buddy who came with him was like oh you guys gotta take a picture so we took a picture right here and he was i was like "Hey, do you care about I like I post it he's like no man post it." i mean <laughs> please um, don't post your yeah, two million a followers lot the, um, a lot of the celebrities i treat they kind of want it to be between them and i which i understand and respect it so we uh you know i might go to their apartment or Uh, They might come here on a Saturday. I mean, we we figure it out so that they're not going to be, you know, running into people in the waiting room. Um, But I think that I've been really blessed. I think that, you know, in a really big competitive place like New York City, Mm -hmm. getting my name out there to those people and like being the guy that everybody wants to see is, you know, I I could have never, you know, that was the dream, right? Like a couple years ago, you told me I'd be doing it. I would have said, I believe you because I knew what I had in me, but uh, I didn't know how long it would take or, or that I'd be doing it already, you know? But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been long.
0: I love that. Um, right now, what, what are you reading? Are you reading anything?
1: Uh, I like podcasts. I like business podcasts and I'm an entrepreneur and they don't teach you anything about business in chiropractic school. No,
0: like, I mean, no, but that's a great thing about like books and podcasts yeah. now. So like, I gotta do audibles. Yeah. So yeah. being able to self-educate yep. and during your commute, how do yep. you get to work every morning? Take the RW. There we go. So part, you take right? the RW. Yeah. So you're walking to the subway. You're taking yeah. the subway. You're coming up. Yep. Let's say it's 22 minutes. Yeah. Tops.
1: Yep. Uh, the amount you're able to consume in that 45 yeah. minutes a day. I mean, I, for me, like, uh, you know, before I start my day, I like to listen to a little bit of educational stuff. But in 15 to 20 minutes, you know, right? Like I, I, the days of me sitting there and like taking notes and, you know, I, I miss those days because I was like. I'm just consuming everything but now like my time is so more much more like you know booked out so um you know there's a motivational guy ed my let i saw him speak in vegas I ed Milet. he was great he was like you i know, think i started following him through you yeah i mean i was just close to him and he was like you know uh, just a really cool dude and i was like you know what i want to see this guy so so now uh, i've been consuming his stuff a lot Gary V. I know he's like you know like an old school guy, but he was like one of the first people I started listening to when I was gonna go out on my own. So um, I still get really excited when he puts up stuff every day. And you know he's a guy, he's like a local guy, Jersey guy, and he's got like a cool attitude. Like I, I like looking up to people that I would want to spend time with. You know.
0: How do you think Gary V's vibe? Uh, how do you think Gary V has impacted your life?
1: I think Gary V just you know from the start taught me about, you know, just making it about the customer and really just like empathy, like actually connecting people. And like, you cannot teach that in school. You cannot teach empathy. You can't teach learning how to care about somebody. You have to actually do it. So when he talks about how empathy really creates good business owners, and I'm just, I'm an empathetic person. Like for me, I do that naturally. So it's nice that it's reinforced and it makes me feel like I'm doing, you know, I'm in the right line of work, right? Like I work face-to-face people, some of them are suffering, some of them are in pain, a lot of them have a problem that they want me to solve. So I think being empathetic, it's not something that you can learn, it's just something that like, you either have it or you don't. So when Gary Vee talks about how empathy helps in business, like, I know I'm in the right career.
0: I love that. And I, uh, reading Gary Vee's book and listening to Gary V. also my favorite book is Never Split the Difference, where Chris Voss talks yeah. about really honing in on empathy. And I like to kind of combine, it. Chris Voss and Gary V into my uh, my daily workings. Yep, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is guys there... like that
1: like change the game for people who are entrepreneurs that don't have a business background. Hundred percent. You know, um, yeah. Twenty years ago, you had to like go to school get MBA. Right, because and... Gary yeah. he
0: really paints a picture that if you just work hard and you you have passion, you can do anything. Right.
1: I think the other thing too for me is. I preach this to my employees and the people that work under me. It's, you know, not worrying about the long-term outcome. It's not getting stressed out about where you're going to be in a year, you know, how you're going to get your full schedule, like I give them goals to hit. And I really stress that if you just do the little things right every day, the big stuff takes care of itself. It's not about, you know, this large plan, this big picture, like I'm a firm believer in just having a plan when you wake up for the day and just knowing what you want to accomplish that day. And it's okay if you don't get everything done, but if you, you know have some sort of idea of what you want to get done in the short term, the big picture stuff, like when you take a step back and you look at where you're going, you're like, wow, I'm like, I'm doing this. Um, but you know, getting up in the morning, I think a lot of people spend too much time worrying about making decisions. They don't just decide things. They just wait and wait and wait, and they wait for the right opportunity, and they worry, and they think about all the outcomes, and if I do this, how's it gonna affect this? And like, it's good to like be nervous and stress out a little bit, it, 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 it makes you hungry. But I think too many people spend more time wasted on not making a decision because they are worried about making the wrong one. It's okay to make mistakes. Like I make a mistake every day and that's how I got where I'm at.
0: So we haven't touched on it, but I wanna, what you just said, how does that mentality affect how you're gonna raise
1: Sebastian? Yeah, being a father is <laughs> uh, uh, the role of a lifetime. I mean, I certainly am learning a lot from him. It has made me a more patient person. It has made me, you know, respect downtime. You know, giving myself a break here and there, like not filling every minute of every day with something. Because that free time I have when him and I are just aimlessly like hanging out is the the best moment of the day. And uh, you know, it goes by really fast. I mean, you know, your son's not much younger than mine, and uh, how fast, right? Like it feels like yesterday we were both talking about being.
0: Bad. Wait, that's crazy. Sebastian's about to be two.
1: Yeah. November, I know, and Uh, I remember. I remember I told you I was going to be a father. Yeah, I remember what that felt like. (laughs) I remember when he was born, Um, and you know, I'll be honest. Before I had a child, uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Like I didn't want to be around other people's kids. Like I wasn't like obsessed with being. Like I knew one day I wanted to be a father but people would talk about like how great it was to be a dad or a mom and oh, I love you. You're going to feel this way. Yeah, right? Don't yeah. tell me how I'm going to yeah. feel. Yeah, I'm like, all right, don't man, tell whatever. me. Like you can't go out on a Friday night anymore. Yeah. And like, you know, like you can go to the gym anymore. Like I was like, I looked at it as like a challenge. Yeah. Like when you become a parent, like you have to like enter this next chapter of your life and you give up like a lot of freedom and opportunity and like a lot of like selfish things that you want to do are like, you're no longer able to do it, right? Like I can't just get on a plane and go to Ibiza this weekend. So like, I didn't get it. I was like, you know, one day I'll be a cool dad, but like, I'm too selfish. Like I'm too in what I'm doing right now to like worry about wanting to take care of somebody else. And now I'm a father, I'm like, holy shit, like I get it. Like there is nothing like it. I mean, there's nothing that's gonna compare to it. And I'll say that on this podcast and guys and girls, people that don't have kids or don't want kids are gonna hear that and be like, this fucking guy, like shut up, man. Like it's, that was me, right? Like I don't wanna hear about your parenting woes and how special your kid is, like nobody cares. But when you do, Enter through that, that role, it's, I mean, I feel like everything I do now is, is to be a better father and like be able to create a life for him. That's all I really want now, you know?
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I do, I, I wanna get a book recommendation out of you cause I ask everybody to recommend the book. Okay. Is there anybody that, like if you're mentoring somebody, Yeah. is there any book you say, hey, you should read this. It will change your life. Yeah, here, or was there it. a book that changed your life?
1: You
0: can grab it. It's right here. Uh, By the way, there are
1: two books on the shelf right here. Yeah. So, uh, Angela Duckworth is uh, somebody that I also met in Vegas. And a friend of mine actually sent me her book because she had been following her for a really long time. And this is what I'm reading right now. And honestly, I think it is one of the better books I've read in my lifetime. It is very consumable, it's just kind of a fun way. To talk about business and entrepreneurship, and it, it you know reinforces some of the stuff that I was saying before about you know just not sweating the big stuff, just really like accomplishing like little things every day, um and making sure that like you don't lose the focus of you know what you why you got into it in the beginning, and the things that you want to you know be proud of one day, um I you know I think that that's somebody that like I immediately come look up to,
0: amazing. Now, for me. For everybody, for Sebastian, give me one word of advice for anybody trying to make it.
1: Word of advice for somebody trying to make it. Um, hmm. let me think about this. Uh, when I, when I first decided that I was going to be become a business owner, I was going to do it for myself. I had really, I didn't have many people to look up to, like in a sense of like who is doing what I want to do. The people that were mentors to me. I had already worked for, and I left, like, I worked for them and I quit. Right. So I can't call my old boss and be like, Hey, like how did you open a business? Cause it's like, I'm not like their employee anymore. They're going to be like, screw up, You know? Um, so you don't know you couldn't have called them. I, I, mean, I did. And we had those conversations, but there's certain things I was just like, you know what? Right. I, like, I had to figure this out on my own. The biggest thing that I could preach to somebody who wants to start a business or really just accomplish anything is you have to have people in your life that are gonna believe in you more than you believe in yourself. People that on your hardest days, you know, when you wanna quit, they look at you in a light that you don't even look at yourself in. Like you can go to them and feel like a failure and they're gonna remind you, you know, you're crushing it. And it could be a parent, it could be a spouse, it could be a girlfriend, boyfriend, friend. I mean, you just have to have somebody that is gonna be supportive of you no matter what. And, um, you know, in the sense of like becoming a business owner, now that I am a business owner, you want to find people who are in the struggle with you, find people that are going through what you're going through, connect with them, because I promise you that no problem is unique to your situation. It might feel like you're the only one going through this or what a hard day, but if you can connect with people who are also struggling in that same like grind mentality, it, it, you realize you're not alone. Like you realize that there is a tribe of people who are going through what you're going through. And that's so important for me is, you know, as a business owner and as a father, and as a friend, like having, People to look up to and just compare notes with—that is everything, you know. Finding your tribe and finding your your inner circle, and you know, especially in New York City, like it's a huge place. So, you know, it's not about having a million friends and a million people to call. It's it's really about just finding a few good people that you can be honest about, you know, with and, and struggle in front of, and and just let them pick you up.
0: That was God good to see damn, them. that was good, Doctor Johnny. You can
1: find him on IG. at are chiropractic or at. Uh, Dr. My, Dr. Johnny. Yeah, so my Instagram just at Dr. Johnny. At Dr. Johnny. Uh, Warrior.nyc is our uh, I'll page. tell
0: you this. He's changed my life. Came into him years ago. This is after we were already homies with a big shoulder issue and That's right, yeah. he got rid of it. It was one of, the thing, one of those things where he was talking about um, I thought that I was going to have this injury in my hand for the rest of my life and then a PT changed it. I thought I was going to have this shoulder issue for the rest of my life. He got rid of it. Uh, Thanks, Thanks Then we go like Uh, No, actually, it was about a year and a half before that. I couldn't bend down past, like, 90 degrees. I walked out of there feeling like a million bucks. Cupping, when he introduced me to cupping, changed my life. And even to this day, like, I come here probably once a month because I I lift heavy and at our age, injuries happen or, well,
1: injuries? Yeah, injuries happen and uh, things pop up. So, And I'm a big, you know, the entire warrior mindset is fixing things before they're broken and really maintenance care and wellness care and like preventative stuff before it is a, a painful inflammatory process. Like getting you to be able to be the best version of yourself, whether you are in pain or not, like the older you get, the more you get it. It's like, you want to wake up and feel like you're best. And if we can help you accomplish that, that's literally why I've gotten this profession, which is why I stopped drinking. <laughs>
0: All right. Stay strong, and uh, I'm happy we did this on 9-11. God bless yeah, America. Yeah,
1: crazy timing, but...